This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. It does sound like a poor bet from our guy Chris Carlin. Usually the host here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Gabe Nigel. He is Chad Brown as we fill in for the guys today. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. And we are just a little under 24 hours from that Adam Schefter tweet of Shefty breaking the news of the deal that Aaron Rodgers officially heading to the Jets. 40 days, Chad, 40 days after Aaron Rodgers announced on the Pat McAfee show that it was his intent to play for the Jets. The deal is finally finalized. Packers, again, are going to be getting um, a pick swap. So 15 and 13 are uh, swapping. So the Jets get Rodgers, the number 15 pick this year, and a 2023 fifth-round pick. Uh, selection for the Jets first round pick this year, which is 13 overall, a 2023 second round pick, 42 overall, sixth round pick this year, conditional second round pick that seems very, very likely to turn into a first round pick because that second becomes a first if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps this upcoming season for the Jets. What is your reaction when, when you heard the news of the trade that broke about 24 hours ago? What was the initial reaction that you had, Chad? Finally. Finally, we can put this <laughs> right, so Rodgers stuff to bed. It's been going on for so long. It was Mark Schlereth uh, who it brought this up to the national uh, you know, uh, audience a couple years back, the night before the draft, that he was hearing from Aaron Rodgers and his team that Aaron Rodgers was in play for the Green Bay Packers. And so obviously with Nathaniel Hackett becoming the head coach in Denver, the thought was well, Aaron Rodgers is going to follow uh, Nathaniel Hackett to Denver. So I'm here in Denver, and we've had this long waiting process, what Aaron Rodgers is going to do, what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Can George Payton, our new GM, get Aaron Rodgers? Well, he ends up bringing in Russell Wilson. So that kind of eliminates the Broncos from a destination. But you knew at some point Aaron Rodgers was going to move on from Green Bay. So now that it's finally over, we can dismiss with the 49ers being interested and these mystery teams being interested. And now we can talk about Aaron Rodgers and his darkness retreats and his Karma <laughs> use and all these other things that Aaron Rodgers has done. But we can talk about him as being a New York Jet and not any other team. Well, it just seems like it was important to both these teams that it got done before the draft, because for the Packers, they want to know what they have at their uh, what they have available to them for the upcoming draft. If they want to package tra- uh, some picks and move up, or potentially trade back from thirteen, my guess is they had someone in mind that they're going to be targeting at thirteen. That's why you would do the pick swap. But that's just what I thought. But but in terms of the Jets, man, their odds just shot up the leaderboard in terms of their opportunities to make and win a Super Bowl, something they haven't done since Super Bowl three. They haven't made the playoffs famously since the 2010 season. So let's just start with that, Chad. Do you believe that this makes the Jets at least a playoff team so they can end a decade-plus drought of not heading to the postseason in the NFL? They were a playoff team last year, except for the quarterback position. So now you bring in Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. You bring Nathaniel Hackett, who was a part of Aaron Rodgers' back-to-back MVP seasons. And now suddenly that Jets team, which seemed to be really good everywhere except for the quarterback position last year, I called a couple of their games. Now they've got a runner. They've got receivers. They've got defensive linemen. They've got linebackers. They've got pieces at almost every single position group. You bring in Aaron Rodgers, this has to be at least a playoff team. And I'm sure there'll be some folks who will be pushing for the Jets as a dark horse Super Bowl contender. That feels a little bit premature for me for this season. But at the very least, I expect a playoff run for the New York Jets. 
That's where that's where I I get lost a little bit too. There, Chad, is in terms of them being a Super Bowl contender, because it, it as as much as some people don't want to make it. I mean, there's a chemistry thing. Like that that's a thing. We don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be showing up to these offseason workouts to get some of those chemistry you know issues that he may have down. Um, you know, with what they have in Garrett Wilson, what they have with Tyrell Conklin and the other pass catchers. Yes, they brought in Alan Lazard, whom Aaron Rodgers has a relationship with, is good friends with, obviously through balls to in Green Bay, but there are so many other weapons and you have to get everybody on the same page in terms of the offense and it'd be nice if their starting quarterback was around. There, to me, are a lot of things that need to fall into place here for the Jets in order for them to be a Super Bowl contender. If they were in the NFC, if, the, if this was the New York Giants, if the, some of the Jets and Giants flopped rosters, I would feel okay, maybe they could do it because the NFC, at least as we sit here right now two days before the draft, the NFC appears to be the much weaker conference where the AFC, you have quite possibly the top three teams in football right now in the Bengals, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, I think you would want to throw the Philadelphia Eagles in there as well, but there are a lot more questions in the AF, in the NFC, whereas in the AFC, the pecking order seems pretty clear that those are the top three teams you're going to have to go through, and the cores of those rosters are still intact from what were really good teams a year ago. I will completely agree with you about your take on NFC versus AFC. Heck, just to win this division, they've got to get through some pretty tough teams, the New York Jets do. But to go back to the the, the chemistry set com- uh, conversation, when you bring in guys like Aaron Rodgers, you bring in a veteran who, let's face facts, last year did not spend the offseason trying to get those young wide receivers for the Packers on the same page as him. He was busy hosting Jeopardy and, you know, in Costa Rica and doing all those Aaron Rodgers stuff, but then he came to the regular season and he chose to complain about his young receivers. Well, were you willing to put in the time with those guys? Did you spend off-season time with them in Green Bay? Or did you fly them out to Malibu in your $28 million Malibu mansion to spend time with you out there? That's the sign for me as an older player. I played 15 years in the NFL. I played till I was 38 years old. If you are unwilling to prepare in the offseason, from a quarterback perspective, it's about getting together with your receivers and having a little passing camp kind of thing before the mini camps, making sure we're all on the same page. If you are unwilling to invest that time, if you are unwilling to spend that time and you're more focused on your offseason activities, that's a sign that you're still not ready to play football. Let's not forget Aaron Rodgers said when he emerged from this darkness retreat, when he went into the retreat, he was 90 or 95% certain he was going to be done with football. So for the New York Jets, they've got a bit of a sticky wicket here with this Aaron Rodgers thing. You're happy you got a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's certainly an improvement over what Zach Wilson could do for you last year or, or even potentially this year. But within that, you've got to find a way to navigate some pretty tricky waters with a guy who can be quite prickly and prickly publicly as well. The one thing that Aaron Rodgers did state this past offseason as well when he was a member of the Packers, well, there's the offense on paper and then there's offense the way that I run it. So you would probably want the guy who, oh, the the offense, the way I run it, yeah, I'm going to be familiar with whatever we're going to be running because I'm familiar with this offensive system if you're Aaron Rodgers, but everybody else is not. And then you need to get everybody else on the same page of the way you want to run the offense. So that's question one in terms of me. I'm very curious to see if Rodgers does show up to the offseason workouts for the Jets. But another pushing point, another breaking point potentially for this trade was, well, is Aaron Rodgers going to play more than just 2023? As you mentioned, Chad, he said he was 90% 
that he was going to be retired when he went into his darkness retreat, came out, decided he didn't want to play for the Packers, and then decided he wanted to play for the New York Jets. So Joe Douglas, the Jets general manager, met with the media today, and here's what he had to say about Rodgers giving some sort of indication that he might play beyond this season. I don't want to put any words in Aaron's mouth, and, and you guys are going to have the opportunity at the right time to ask him those specific questions. We're obviously excited about this opportunity, excited about this deal, and, and excited to add him to the team. That doesn't sound somebody who's confident that this is going to be more than just a one-year window with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. So if Rodgers is only around for almost a year, it seems like there's a ton of pressure on Joe Douglas, on Robert Sala, to get this team potentially to a Super Bowl Otherwise, you gave up two firsts, excuse me, one one first potentially in next year, a second-round pick, which seems like a lot given that Rodgers may not be around for more than a year. Yeah, it sounds like Joe Douglas is taking some notes from Aaron Rodgers with the uh, interesting word usage, which means something but doesn't mean anything (laughs) definitive. We saw Aaron Rodgers play that game a number of times with the media. Yeah, it's it's a again it's a sticky wicket. You, you you've had to improve at the quarterback position. You've got a roster that is definitely a playoff worthy roster everywhere except for the quarterback position. So you've got to bring in somebody. You bring in Aaron Rodgers. You got the familiarity with with Nathaniel Hackett. I think those guys can hit the ground running together after only one year apart after Nathaniel Hackett's disastrous tenure as the Broncos head coach couldn't even complete the season here in Denver. But what is the window going forward after this year? Is Does Aaron Rodgers play this game that he's continued to play with the Packers the last couple seasons? I'm in, I'm out. Can Joe Douglas and Robert Sala make plans uh, during next offseason? You've got to do free agency. You've got to do the draft. And depending on who your quarterback is going to be, that's going to greatly affect that decision-making, your roster building. Heck, the amount of salary cap that Aaron Rodgers is going to take up. The cap folks are going to have to constantly come up with new models. Is Aaron going to come back? Is he not going to come back? This is what we can do if he doesn't come back. This is what we can do if he does come back. So that uncertainty trickles its way into the locker room as well. Who's going to be our leader next year? Who do we hitch our wagons to? Who do we believe in? So this Aaron Rodgers uncertainty is more than just, oh, what does Joe Douglas do personnel-wise? What does Robert Tala do play-calling-wise? It creeps into almost every single part of the organization when you have a player as important as the quarterback or your, the, the face of your franchise who is going to play this uncertain game with you every single opportunity he's asked about it. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series XM Channel 80. Gabe Nigel, Chad Brown in for the guys today. Meanwhile, on the Packers side of things, and this is a side I am very familiar with, Chad, as my uh, everyday show is on ESPN Milwaukee, 94.5 ESPN. And we've been talking about Aaron Rodgers in this angle for a while, but there are some that can't still can't believe that the Packers are trading Aaron Rodgers. And there was an element of, I think, the team was sick of a lot of the things that we've talked about. The He's not there for the offseason stuff. He's throwing people under the bus. I firmly believe that the Packers would have been willing to put up with more of those side acts from Aaron Rodgers had their roster been at a position where the Jets roster is, where you feel like you can compete and you can be a playoff team. Instead, you kind of take a look around. They decided to trade Devontae Adams. He's no longer here. The roster continues to get older. They've lost a lot of their now veteran players, and it seems like they're going through a roster turnover currently where they have a lot of young guys, and they almost have to hit the reset button. So in order to make 
who they believe is their next great quarterback, Jordan Love, the best he can be. You need to get as many draft picks. You need to get as many weapons. You need to get as many good players around him. And the best way to do that was trade away Aaron Rodgers for the assets they ended up getting from the Jets. Absolutely. The, the, the Packers had to hit the reset button. Is it a true rebuild? I, that's always a semantic uh, conversation that folks sometimes want to have a lot of pushback on. But certainly to maximize this window with Jordan Love, you don't want to do that with an aging roster. You want to get some young guys in there. You want to get some guys that he can stay connected to. You want to free up the salary cap space that Aaron Rodgers leaving does so you can make some moves like this. You want to get, gather that draft capital that they got for this uh, Aaron Rodgers trade. The Packers, I think, have made the absolute best move. And in some ways, I feel as if they fleeced the Jets with the amount of draft capital that they got. The the <laughs> The, the, the Jets could have played hardball with the Packers. Go ahead. Fine. Keep Aaron Rodgers. Pay him 50 plus million dollars. Go ahead. You know, is he going to take up space while you bench him and you play Jordan Love? What are you going to do? So I'm impressed that the Packers are, actually got what they got in trade compensation back because the Jets could have certainly played a lot more, uh, a harsher game of hardball with them. Well, it wasn't that long ago, Chad, that the Packers traded their Hall of Future Hall of Fame starting quarterback to the New York Jets. In fact, it was only 15 years ago that they did that with Brett Favre. Now they're doing it again with Aaron Rodgers. How much pressure is on Jordan Love knowing that now he is the next in line to Brett Favre, to Aaron Rodgers? And how hard is that as a player to potentially block out the, well, I'm next in line, I guess I got to be this guy? The amount of pressure that players can put on themselves uh, in those situations is, is is really immense. When I was a free agent leaving Pittsburgh and going to Seattle, one of the teams that was very interested in me was Kansas City Chiefs. And they wanted to, their thought was, we'll bring in Chad and we'll let Derek Thomas go. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm confident in myself, but Derek Thomas and I are two very different players. I play inside, I play outside, I cover the pass. You know, I'm very active in the run game. Versus him, one of the greatest pass rushers of all time. If I don't end every season with 12-plus sacks, I'm going to be a disappointment in comparison to Derek Thomas. I may average 10 tackles a game. I may, you know, uh, uh, be dynamic in the run game. I may take away someone's best receiver, you know, every week. But the fact that I can't put up the same kind of numbers that Derek Thomas did, for me, even, you know, in that situation was a very daunting thought. And, so, yeah, it's 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 obviously a really tough thing that, that you know, that – Jordan Love is going to have to go through. Okay, yes, he's I, next in line. He's the next one up. So the question becomes, is Jordan Love in a tough spot? And that was a question that Brian Gutekunst, Packers general manager, answered yesterday when he met with the media. No, I think, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think there's going to be challenges. There's no doubt about it. There's always challenges in, in any NFL season. What those will be is kind of to be determined, right? Whether that happens to be, you know, there's an experience around them or maybe that, maybe letting those guys play a little bit more in, in their second year, maybe that's a really good thing. We'll see. So to kind of try to predict what challenges that this team's going to go through is, is kind of, it's tough to say, but there will be challenges. No doubt about it. The challenges are, are, are there. The standard has been set in Green Bay for such a long period of time. So for Jordan Love, just to take a snap from under center as a Green Bay Packer at Lambeau Field, where the, the, the standard is so incredibly high, there's going to be pressure in that. Now, hopefully at some point he removes himself from that pressure and tries to be the best Jordan Love he can be, find a way to 
every single practice. Let me get a little bit better at this every single game. Let me get a little bit better at that. I cannot walk into this position and try to match Brett Favre, the Hall of Famer, and Aaron Rodgers, the future Hall of Famer. I can't do that in my first season as a starter. I've got to find a way just to not do bad football and and just, (laughs) you know, let's not screw up the center quarterback exchange. Let me get my basic progressions down. You've got to begin to lower your bar a little bit for yourself and achieve some of those easier to mark off things and not try to hit your wagon to, I've got to be a Hall of Famer from game one, snap one. That's just an impossible standard to uphold to. A lot of times when you make that transition to from Hall of Fame quarterback to guy who's made one career start, a lot of people would brand that as a rebuild, Chad. However, that is not what Brian Gutekunst's brands, whatever the Packers are now doing in 2023. No, I don't. I don't ever look at it like that. You know, we're excited about this football team and where it can go. Obviously, we're a long ways away from what our 53-man roster and our 16-man practice squad is going to look like. But we're really excited about it. It's going to be new, obviously, specifically a quarterback. Uh, it looks like at the same time, we're, we, you know, the goals don't change around here. It's going to be the same goals we've always had, right? There's there's one goal here every single year, no matter what. Just like it was back in the last time we kind of we, we moved on from one quarterback to the other, right? The goals are the same, and it's going to be on those guys to put in the work, and and it's going to be exciting to see, but. Um, Um, Yeah, nothing's really changing. I believe the goals are the same for the Packers, Chad, in that they want to win a Super Bowl with the young group that they're going to assemble and that young core they hope to have. But I don't believe Brian Gutekunst when I say the goals are the same for 2023 because that's just not a Super Bowl roster. They're hitting the reset button. If they had a Super Bowl-caliber roster, they would be keeping Aaron Rodgers if they had expectations of winning a championship this season. GMs around the league always have trouble with rebuilding, reboot, reset. You reboot your computer. It's the same computer, but now it's, it's gone through its you know, defragging process, and certain programs are going to run better. Certain things are going to run differently. It's okay, GMs, to admit that. You're bringing in a quarterback with not a lot of experience. You're, coming, you're transitioning from a Hall of Fame quarterback. It is a bit of a reset and a reboot. Maybe you maybe rebuild a, a word too far. And I, you know, we can get into the semantic argument at all, but a reboot feels correct considering the massive change at the quarterback position. And that's okay. This roster needs to be built around this guy. It needs to reflect that. And this year, I don't see any kind of possibility of them making a deep playoff run with the roster as it is currently constructed. What's the biggest question mark remaining for Rodgers and the Jets? We're going to dive into that next on Canty and Carlin. But first, we have this word from Vivid Seats. Finally, baseball is back. Swing into the season with tickets to the action. Plus, with basketball and hockey heating up, now is a great time to experience a game. Vivid Seats is proud to be the official ticketing partner of ESPN. From on the glass to in the stands, Vivid Seats has great ticket prices to all of the games. Every crack of the bat, every dribble down the court, catch it all with Vivid Seats. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats experience it live passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time 
or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Aaron Rodgers is going to the New York Jets. It's official, finally. Green Bay has really set themselves up for the next couple of years to not only be able to maneuver if they find a quarterback, if they find out that Jordan Love is not the guy. Jets are Super Bowl contenders. That remains in place. He could potentially be traded for two number one picks and the number two pick. That is a massive cost for the Jets that had to do it. It's official, finally. Continuing our reaction... To the Aaron Rodgers deal that officially went down just under 24 hours ago. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series 6M Channel 80. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Nigel along with Chad Brown as we fill in for the guys today. And to help us discuss the Aaron Rodgers trade, we welcome in ESPN football analyst Dan Orlovsky. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Orlovsky7. And Dan, yesterday, if people did not see your reaction live, they saw what instantly became a very memeable picture that was circulating on social media of everybody's reaction on NFL Live yesterday. So what was that reaction? What was it like to be there live when you finally heard after 40 days this deal had become official? Yeah, I mean, it was as it looked, to be honest with you. I'll kind of peel back the curtain a little bit. So we were in commercial break. I was in studio with Laura, and then... Marcus, Spears, Mina Kimes are remote, so they're home. So you just see kind of them in the monitor off distance. And Shefty sits down with like 10 or 15 seconds left in the commercial. And as he sits down, he's, like, he's breathing heavily, like, like in a nervous energy. And we don't know what's going on. So all of a sudden, Laura's like, Shefty, you all right? And he's like, I'm waiting on one text. 
and we were about to talk San Francisco. We had no plans to talk in Green Bay. We had no idea what he was referencing. He's like, I'm waiting on one text. And I looked at Laura like, what's going on? And she's like, I don't know. And then the show starts. And then within five seconds, he's like breaking news. And so we, he broke the news to America the same way he broke the news to us or vice versa. And so our reactions were, I think, one, shocked that it actually happened. That it, and we kind of all knew it was going to, but it's still Aaron Rodgers being traded. You know, that's, there's still a, a, a brevity to that or a gravity, excuse me, to that. I think the second thing was when he said first-round pick this year, that's what really took us back. It was like in the matter of three seconds, Aaron Rodgers traded for a first-round pick, and it was like, oh, my gosh. And so it was really cool to be a part of. Um, I think just honestly, like that's everybody's – you know, it's it's really cool to be on a show with people that you love working with and doing a job that you love. And it was just like one of those really pure, organic, genuine moments that uh, we were all kind of taken back by. Dan, this move for Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay to the New York Jets. The Jets had assembled Robert, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala assembled one of the, a really good team uh, outside the quarterback position. Zach Wilson was obviously a huge disappointment last year. Bringing Aaron Rodgers to New York, reuniting, reuniting him with Nathaniel Hackett as his offensive coordinator. What does this make the Jets? A playoff team, a deep playoff team? How do you see this season playing out for them? Uh, they're, they're real Super Bowl contenders. You know, there's, there's a tier one in the AFC that, as of yesterday morning, was Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo. Uh, as of yesterday afternoon, and the Jets acquiring Aaron, there, there's another member of tier one. Um, you know, just to put it into context, I'm not this massive stat person, but the Jets lost 10 games last year. They scored seven touchdowns in those 10 losses total. They, they, they had five games last year where they didn't score touchdowns. They were six and two when they scored multiple touchdowns. So we're talking about a team that, you know, cliche saying quarterback away truly was and or is. And now Aaron goes to a place that has a top two or top three defense. He's got a top five, top seven skill group. Garrett Wilson's going to have 1,400 yards. Alan Lazard's a trusted player. He's got Brees Hall, who led the NFL in yards from scrimmage in the first seven weeks before the ACL injury. And, you know, and, and I think they have to get a tackle uh, early on, an offensive tackle, and then a vertical tight end, which I would believe that they're going to try and get done. Um, you know, the AFC's loaded. It's a gauntlet, but they're, they're legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series 6M, Channel 80. I'm Gabe Knight, so along with Chad Brown as we fill in for the guys, and we're talking with Dan Orlovsky, ESPN football analyst. So how important is it for the Jets to reach some of these aspirations that they have for Rodgers to be there during the offseason training program so he can start establishing chemistry with his new teammates in an offense that's not going to be new to him, but new to them? Yeah, I mean, per Shefty yesterday, it sounds like Aaron is going to and wanted to be there in the offseason. So that's a big deal. I think there's probably a little bit misunderstanding about the newness of the offense. Mike LaFleur, who's been the offensive coordinator in New York the past two years, comes from the Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur tree. So there is going to be some aspects of the offense that are new, but a very little bit of it. I mean, a great majority of this offense, both in scheme and verbiage will be pretty carryover. Um, and I think that's a, a kind of a big deal when it comes to the addition of Aaron. I do think it's important for him to be there just to get a feel for who Garrett is and Garrett get a feel for him. I think for the offensive line to listening and understanding 
you know, Aaron's cadence, the, the, the way he goes about practice and the kind of the urgency of everything, you know. Um, so him being there is a big deal, but I don't think it's this everyone's got to learn a new offense situation. Uh, last one for me, Dan. Aaron Rodgers certainly can be prickly in press conferences, likes to uh, parse the definition of words versus that New York media. How do you think that goes down? I'm sure there's going to be some cool moments. Um, <laughs> I don't think – yeah, I, I honestly don't think Rodgers uh, will be negatively impacted by it. I don't want to say he doesn't care, um, but I I think that he's – been around long enough and been scrutinized a bunch over the last two or three years. I, I don't think he's going to care, not care. I, I don't think he's going to be uh, negatively impacted by the New York media. Um, Cause there, I'm sure there's going to be bumps along the road. Uh, he, he will probably be handling them very um, cautiously and very briefly. Uh, but I, I don't see the, the New York media kind of eating him up the way it does some others. Dan, we certainly appreciate the time, bud, and as you helped us break down this Aaron Rodgers trade. Thanks, guys. Have a good afternoon. Thanks, Dan. Dan Dan Orlovsky, ESPN football analyst, joining us here on Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Coming up, after Jimmy Butler went absolutely nuclear last night on the Milwaukee Bucks, are the top seed, is that top seed team in the East, are they done? It's next, Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Fires another three. Makes another three. Jim E. Buckets. The series is led by the Eastern Conference eight seed Miami Heat. Three games to one. Ooh, big game from Jimmy Buckets last night. That sound courtesy of 670 The Scores. The Canty Carlin ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Gabe Knight, so along with Chad Brown as we fill in for the guys. And Jimmy Butler went thermonuclear last night. Scorching hot. 22 points in the first quarter. Then kind of cooled down. But when the game was on the line of the final six minutes, he took over once again offensively, defensively. Ended up scoring 56 points to lead the Heat comeback. Uh, Career high for him in the postseason. Franchise playoff record for the Miami Heat. 56, by the way. Also the fourth most points ever scored in a postseason game. That's just how good Jimmy Butler was last night. Um, And Giannis was fine. Giannis came back, had a triple-double with a bruised back. 
But Jimmy Butler, after the game, had this to say about what it is about the postseason that just brings the best out of Jimmy Butler. I love the competitive aspect of it, I guess. I think this is where all the like best players, they just they show up and they show out. And I'm not saying I'm one of those best players. I just want to be looked as um, looked at as such. I just go out there and I compete. I want to do everything for my team to win, along with everybody else on his roster. I think Coach Pat and, 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 and Spo wanted me here for a reason. I feel like this is part of that reason. But the job's not done, so we don't want to get comfortable. We got one more to get. The Heat uh, are now up 3-1 after Butler goes for 56 last night. With three minutes left, they were trailing in their second play-in game after losing to the Hawks in the opening play-in game. They had to win. They had to rally against the Bulls. And now suddenly, Chad, they sit here up 3-1 on the Bucks. Are the Bucks done? Are they going to be done? Are the Heat moving on up 3-1? I think they are. I, I really do. I, I think... Ever since Giannis missed the game, uh, the Bucks look a little bit out of sorts, and that's given Miami so much confidence. And when you got a guy, you called him Jimmy Buckets. How about uh, playoff Jimmy? Because yeah. he has gone from averaging 22 points a game to averaging 36 points a game here in the postseason. When you got a guy who can step up and raise his game to that kind of level, um, I think it's very difficult for a team like Milwaukee to fight back and get to back into this series. I just think that the Bucks still have so much talent on that roster. And when you look at Miami, especially with Tyler Hero, who we know is not coming back, injured in the same game in Game 1 as Giannis, he's not coming back with that broken hand. He's got two uh, bones broken in that shooting right hand. So Tyler Hero's not coming back. He's their best shooter from the outside. And they needed just about every last bit of those 56 points from Jimmy Butler last night. I'm not saying that they're absolutely 100% going to do it, but, I mean, would you be that surprised if a team led by Giannis after, I mean, he missed two games because of a bad back, still was kind of looking a little stiff at times last night, and still somehow put together a 26-point triple-double? It seems like the Bucks still have enough firepower. They were in control of that game for three and a half quarters until Butler absolutely took it over in the final six minutes. But it seems like the Bucks might have some pieces to me, Chad, that, if they rattled off three in a row, I don't know I would be all that surprised. I would not be shocked. You know, I wouldn't have the Dan Olowski face after getting Aaron <laughs> Rodgers news. I wouldn't go there. But I think at this point, Miami's got enough confidence. They only need to get one more big win. And after you point out them getting through the play-in tournament, so often sometimes teams just say, let's just get into the playoffs and then we can finally relax and go out there and play our brand of basketball, our brand of football, whatever the case may be, once you get into the postseason tournament. So for Miami to be in this position, I think they've got one more good game left in them. That's all they need to do versus the very tall hill climb the Bucks need to do to get up uh, and, and play win three in a row. It seems unlikely that is going to happen. So if I were a betting person, which I'm not, but I would say <laughs> Miami certainly has the better chance of winning this series. Well, you pointed out that the, the the numbers for Jimmy Butler in this series, they've gone from, you know, he's gone from a 22-point game score to up over 35 points per contest. So if the Bucks are to somehow come back in this series, Chad, they have to figure out some sort of answer for Jimmy Butler and Jay Williams this morning on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Jay had a pretty interesting thoughts on maybe how the Bucks can slow down Jimmy Butler. I'm going to need the defensive player of the year to actually guard Jimmy Butler. Like every possession. It's time. If he's dropping 56 on you, you need to guard this man. He dropped 20 straight in the first quarter. He got a bang on you. He dropped 21 points in the fourth quarter. Didn't come in until four minutes into the fourth quarter. 
I need you to guard him every possession right now. These are moments that are built for the greatest player on the planet. And that greatest player on the planet, the defensive player of the year that he's referencing in that clip, is Giannis Adetokounmpo. Mostly it's been Drew Holiday on Jimmy Butler. Should Giannis be taking charge and guarding Jimmy Butler in order to slow him down? My concern would be that could play right into Miami's hands. So if Giannis, who we saw, still not recovered from that back contusion, if you're going to put Jimmy Butler, you're going to put him on Jimmy Butler all game long. At some point, Jimmy's going to put him in a position where that back is going to be an issue, where he's going to either you know drive him in the hole, get him on the ground. Giannis is going to try to take a charge or something like that. There can be a a moment in that game where suddenly that back goes from being a secondary issue to now being a primary issue because of what you're asking Giannis to go out and do, possession in and possession out. So uh, I understand where Jay Will is coming from, and I certainly love and respect Jay Will's basketball insight. Uh, but as a guy who has been nicked up in my playing days and then to be asked to go out and play some kind of superhero role while I'm nicked up, that may be a bit too much to ask. So I, I'm with Jay Will in that I wouldn't mind seeing Giannis on Jimmy Butler a little bit more. It seems like Butler has figured out how Drew Holiday is going to defend him and how to get to his spots. So to me, what you do is, yeah, you still want Drew Holiday there because Drew Holiday, when the Athletic did a poll that they put out last week, he was far and away voted as the best defender by his peers in the NBA. So it's clearly you still want Drew Holiday as one of those def- defenders. But I think you just want to like, I think you want to throw a bunch of different looks at him. Whether that's Chris Middleton on him with Drew Holiday, Jay Crowder, who did not play in last night's game, and Giannis, throw a bunch of different bodies at him just to give him different looks. So he's now not as comfortable as he was last night, and he's got to at least think about okay, now I've got this guy on me. Here's maybe what I can do against this guy. And he's at least got to think a little bit more instead of just continuously attacking the way he did in the first and fourth quarters. I think that's a, a strong plan, uh, and, and the road to hell is paved in good intentions and strong plans. So we'll see if that's able to work out. Now, that would preclude somebody on the Heat being able to step up. And looking at the box score from last night, they got 15 uh, from uh, Amadio, and they got uh, 12 from Martin. So no one else really filled that, that second role kind of spot. So no. No, it was it, it was Jimmy Butler, and it was a bunch. Of, it was Jimmy Butler and the Jimmyettes. Like it was unbelievable. <laughs> like they were nobody else stepped up when when other than Jimmy Butler when Miami needed them last night. No, and if if the if the Bucks are able to come out and keep Jimmy Butler guessing as to who's going to be taking him from possession to possession, that would need the Heat would need somebody to step up and be that second guy and put up at least twenty plus. Yeah, it was Duncan Robinson a little bit in the first half. He had three threes in the first half, but that was about it for the Heat outside of Jimmy Butler's 56 last night. Coming up next, where does Aaron Rodgers rank among AFC quarterbacks? We discuss on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.